All right, hello and welcome to episode nine of Musician Stories. My name is Chris Mitchell, and I'm the lead guitar player for Four Times Louder. Today we have with us the guitar player from Four Absent Friends, Jacob. Hello. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing. Just hanging out. <laughs> What's your last name? Brown. Brown. Jacob Brown. I knew that. As soon as I started, I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And then I said Jacob, and I was like, you can tell. You can yeah, say it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might be able to remember my last name. <laughs> That's fair. Do you have a good day today? Do you want the real answer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was an oh. all right average day. Okay. Not what I was expecting. What? Did you, were you expecting me <laughs> like, to be all like sad and depressed because I'm in a metal band? Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you coming over and taking the time out of your day to come over here and talk with me, you know, a little bit how you became a musician, a little bit about you and your band and all that. Um, it's always fun to hear different people's stories. Everybody has a story and they really, you know, most people like to tell it, <laughs> but, um, I am curious, uh, this wasn't on the questions I sent you, but you play in a band called four Absent friends. I'm curious about your name origin. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I don't know the answer to the question necessarily. Yeah. Um, cause the way it like ha- kind of went down was um, it was me, our screamer Andrew, and our bassist TJ, and it was just us three. And then I put out a post on like Facebook. These musicians wanted groups and stuff, and I got a message from Isaac, our lead guitar player, and he was like, "Hey, we have a vocalist, a drummer, and a lead guitarist. I see you're looking for a drummer and a lead guitarist." And we're looking for a rhythm guitarist and a bassist. Do you guys want to try two vocalists and get together and see what happens? And we were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And we all, we all got together and did the thing. And then we kind of like sat there and we thought, like, do we want to do this? And we were all like, yeah. So what do we do about the name? And that's when it like was just like we all looked at Isaac. He came to the table with the name and he had it. He's been trying to get it going for like a year at this point. Huh. And we were just like, yeah, that's a lot better than windows to walls. Because what's the first thing you think about when you hear it's windows the, the, to walls? Yeah, to the window. Exactly. You think a <laughs> little John. So, yeah, <laughs> here we are fair. with that. Well, that's cool. I, I never knew that. Um, yeah, we had to watch with our name as well four times louder because we wanted to. We weren't sure how we wanted to do, like put it out there. And if we did like the number four X and then L, just like four extra large. Yeah, right. So, I remember like, <laughs> Steven telling me about that. <laughs> yeah. It and was, that's the thing with our name too. Like we tell them, like people will be like, "Oh, what's your name?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're uh, I, I I can't say we're four apps and friends. I have to say it like with a little bit of that accent. We're uh, my band's called Four Apps and Friends because right. if you say four apps and friends, they're like four. Oh, there's six of you though. Ha ha ha. But F-O-R. I can understand. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I kid you not. I've you know followed you guys for a long time. We played with you twice now, right? Three times. Three times. Yeah, Karma Cafe in Akron, um, Burn Pickle in Kent, and then oh, that's right. the we did um, The Outpost the in Kent. Outpost in Kent. I kid you not, before you came over, I had to look it up. F-O-R or F-O-U-R? F-O-R. I know. I know. But I had to look it up. I did. I can't believe you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe you. Hey, I you. wanted to be prepared, and you know, you I know, didn't want to sound like Remind me to get you a sticker so you could just like slap it on your phone. That way you'll <laughs> never forget it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You guys have shirts and stuff, right? Yeah, we have uh, we have a couple shirts. We actually have some new shirts coming out that uh, people can get here very soon at our next show. Awesome. Uh, do you have an online storefront or no? Unfortunately, merch? not yet. But we okay. are also open to like people message like PMing the band page yeah. on like Facebook or Instagram, and like you know if you need it shipped or you just want to like do a local meetup, like we do that. We've done that for our CDs. Like met up with people and we shipped yeah. out like a handful. All right, well, let's take it all the way back. Uh, I'm curious because you do play in a metal band, but did you always like metal? Was that your upbringing? What what got you started? What was your inspiration to music? You know. I mean, you know, as everybody usually says, like ever since you know I was a kid, there was always something about music. The one thing that really like kind of put it into perspective was um, like Guitar Hero. Okay. Like I just on I guess on a semi unfortunate <laughs> as that is, um. Guitar Hero is one of the things that made me go, like, I kind of want to learn how to play guitar. You know, that would be fun. And then, like, Rock Band, I was like, oh, I want to play drums. Never got that. But then I, uh, I kind of just, like, you know, really wanted to, but never took any initiative until, like, the eighth grade. And we had a guitar class at our school. So I took that class for, like, a semester, and that's when I learned how to play. And, like, that's when it just, like, full send went for it. Nice. And again, did you start with metal stuff or you said you took a class, so they probably weren't handing you like Avenged Sevenfold Metallica stuff. Oh no, God no. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually I was heavy into pop punk. Okay. Like all time low, um, and stuff like that. It's, mo- it's mainly just all time low. Like even to this day, I still love them to death. Nice. And, um, I wanted to be in like a pop punk band originally. And then I just, you know, I mean, there was always just like that little bit of metal from like things I picked up from like on guitar here, like Metallica, Venice Sevenfold, like trying to learn those. I mean, like that's kind of hard, you know, once you just start playing guitar. So it wasn't always metal, but it was kind of there just creeping in the background. Yeah, it was like the gateway drug to metal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And look where I'm at now with uh, that. Right. Um, so when you took those classes, did, did they give you a guitar? Did you go out and buy a guitar? Uh, they had loaners, just like acoustic guitars and oh, stuff okay. like that. Like there's uh, somebody in my class, they let me borrow their, uh, electric at one point for a while. Um, but yeah, they just had loaners. Gotcha. So when did you actually get your first guitar? Uh, the summer after eighth grade, uh, I really, really wanted one. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I took this class. I enjoyed it. I want to do more with it. I want to keep playing guitar. Like no kid, you get you. Know, most parents they get their kid a guitar right. for like their birthday or for Christmas, and they play for it for a little bit, and they give up, and then sits in a closet and gets sold at the you know next family yard sale. Yeah. But I like wanted one. <laughs> I would ask my mom all the time, "Hey, can you take me to Guitar Center? Like, I want to, I want to go there. I want to look at guitars. I want to get a guitar for my for my birthday, for Christmas, whatever it may be." And we went there just one time while we were out, you know, tooling around, whatever you want to call it, with her and my grandma, and we uh, finally broke her down. So she took me to Guitar Center, and I'm looking around, picking things up. I'm looking at some of these price tags like, oh, geez. Yeah. And uh, I found this. Uh, it was 89 bucks, an Epiphone Les Paul Special 2 in black, real simple setup picked it up and i found like a just a random amp plugged into it 
started playing and it just was like this moment of pure joy <laughs> like i was just so happy to be playing a guitar again i hadn't played one in like a month and a half and i was just like yeah. i felt like i just finally getting a fix of like some sort of drug <laughs> so i was just ecstatic and i looked at my mom and i'm like mom please you know i, I want this and she was just like, no, I'm not getting you that. It's going to be too oh. loud. And my grandma basically just like kind of like spit in my mom's face <laughs> and was like, is that the one you want? Is that how it's supposed to sound or whatever? Because she was, you know, concerned about like all the right. distortion and like yeah. stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want. And she was like, okay. And she bought me it right then and there. Wow. And that was... Did you get an amp to go with it at yeah, that time? Yeah, I got one of those like little acoustic uh, brand uh, G10s. Okay. And that thing served me up until like... I want to say almost three years ago I got rid of that oh, amp. Wow. But I will never get rid of that guitar. I was going to ask, do you still have the guitar? I do, and I'm a little disappointed with the condition it's in, but it's always going to be a very uh, special thing. Definitely. And I'll never let anything happen. It sits at home. It stays at home. <laughs> Nothing happened. That does not go anywhere. Have you played out with it at all? Back in my first band, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, Four Apps and Friends is not your first band? No. Does, yeah, I figured. How many bands have you been in? Only one other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, we went through like several name changes, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to pinpoint what... I know where we ended. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So you already alluded to uh, All Time Low being one of your biggest influences, but was there any other that were huge, or was it, you know, like, um, did anybody in your family play? Uh, my dad did do, like, you know, hip-hop uh, out locally, out here, um, but other influences, uh, nobody else in my family did it. Well, my grandpa actually played guitar, played bass, and stuff like that. Can't believe I, f oh, I forgot that. Um... <laughs> But probably, like, the biggest influences, like, you know, starting, of course, you know, especially getting into metal is, like, Metallica, Ozzy, like, never really actually got too big into that because I'd probably be a better guitar player than I am now. Oops. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Metallica and Megadeth were definitely two of the biggest ones, you gotcha. know, just for, like, getting in there. When you were starting to learn, what was, like, the first song you learned then? The first song I learned uh, fully on guitar was Kids in the Dark by All Time Low off their uh, album Future Hearts. Great song. I love that song. It's a great song. I still to this day like try to regularly play through yeah. um, Nothing Personal. Okay. The whole album in its entirety. Oh my. Okay. Uh, it's always a good time. But uh, that was like the first song I learned was Kids in the Dark. But then once I started figuring out metal, it's your standard... Enter Sandman. There you go. And I learned that, and that's when I actually got the uh, invite to like come jam out with the guys that ended up being my first band. Okay. It was just like pure coincidence. They were like, "Yeah, learn this song," and I was like, "Oh, hey, I just learned that like <laughs> a week ago." Bet. Hey, learn it. I know it already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, what other Me Metallica songs do you know? Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I'm supposed to know more. Yeah. How old were you when you joined the first band? 16. 16. Okay. So uh, after your first guitar, um, you learned that song, learned a couple songs. Uh, what were some of the favorite albums, though, 
or favorite bands that were like, I really, really need to check this out? Well, you know, I'm going to bring up All Time Low again. Just their right. whole, whole discography. Mint. Have you seen them live? I have not. I'm so sad. We uh, we actually played a show. Uh, it was right before we played with you guys at the Outpost. We played there a couple weeks before, and they were playing down in the flats in Cleveland. Oh, okay. I was so sad. And I missed out uh, last year, but it was also kind of a hassle with everything because, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic, first year concerts are going on. Right. And uh, I haven't had a chance, but I'm determined next time to, like, make sure I go. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should. I've heard they're amazing live. Oh, no doubt. I've, I've watched the videos and stuff like that, yeah. and I would love to just experience it. Even yeah. if it's from, like, nosebleed stands, I don't care. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> What um what bands have you seen live? Um, well, I'll I'll start off with a little bit of like an abrasive one. Guar. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of Guar. I'm not familiar. No. Oh my. How Lord. do you spell it? Uh, G W A R. Okay. So Guar, they're oh boy. Yeah, they're they're like a whole gimmick band. Uh, they like quote unquote kill people on stage. You know, spray a lot of like food colored water out in the audience. Okay. Like you, I have a picture here on my phone. I went, you go to a Guar show, you wear a white shirt. Okay. <laughs> you have to. Okay. Uh, this is how I left with one of my old bandmates. Oh my gosh, you're covered. Yeah. It's just red. Yeah. So if anybody that's unfamiliar with Guar, always just look it up. It's not for the faint of heart, though. <laughs> Where did you see him? Uh, I saw them at the House of Blues oh, with wow. um, another like uh, band that's from uh, actually from uh, Canton, Ohio. Um, Miss May I? I don't okay. know if you've ever heard of them. Mm-mm. They're more like in the same style as us. Um, but yeah, I saw them. Miss May I? Um, Fit for a King. That was amazing. Their bass player, nuts. Fantastic. <laughs> Dude's throwing spin kicks. What? As he's playing. <laughs> like, you, at some point, like, just look up a video of Fit for a King live. Okay. And just watch their bass player. Like, try to find one where it's just, like, a static shot on the <laughs> stage. This dude goes crazy. He does the, you know, whole guitar, like, over the back. He's hit their vocalist a couple times. <laughs> oh, my god. That's why I won't try that. <laughs> yeah, that... I don't know. Throwing the guitar around, even if you have locking. Yeah, I won't even I, try I, it. I just, I don't know. It's just a little scary. Yeah, these guys are nuts, Guar. I yeah. Just, I looked them up. Um, they kind of remind me of what I, I mean, I know you're going to hate this, but like kind of Kiss-esque, but like oh, well, yeah. they died and came back to life. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't get to see them with uh, the vocalist that's in, like I think. Okay, yeah, so that's their new lineup. That's their new lineup. There's that one right under it. Uh, over to over to the left. Yeah. Like it's literally right under the one you clicked on. Oh, this one? Of just the solo dude up there. Oh, this guy. Yeah. 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 So that's uh that's Dave Brocky. I didn't get to see them with Dave Brocky, unfortunately, <laughs> due to his recent passing uh oh, before that. But I still got to see them, you know, a few years down the line since that pat uh, since that happened. They went through like a lot of changes. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, their old bass player who portrayed uh, the character Beefcake. He came back, <laughs> okay, as 
the guy that you see now, like with the antlers on his shoulders, uh, yeah. Blothar. These guys are nuts. I, I bet they just put a new album out recently too. Okay, I definitely have to check them out. I'll, I'll link all this on the website. I'm about to say all the pictures some... and all that, so you guys can see it as well. It's um, not safe stuff. for work. <laughs> not safe for work. That is some good old, good old not safe for work content right there, Guar. Guar, that's awesome. But like uh, another band I've seen, uh, Ice Nine Kills. Okay. Amazing show. Absolutely amazing. Probably my favorite concert to this day. Where was that at? House Blues as well. House of Blues as well. Yeah. What kind of stuff did they play? Because I'm not familiar with them. Metalcore. Metalcore. More theatrical now too with uh, the whole uh, album, The Silver Scream, and the one that followed after. Uh, definitely want to, if you like horror movies, check it out. Huh. You know, they do songs like they're based on horror movies. Like the fir- I think the first album was supposed to sound like if it would fit in that, how it would, you know, fit into the movie, like it could fit there. Oh, okay. And then the second one's just like about the movie. Like they even covered like Child's Play and all that. Oh, wow. It's great. <laughs> uh, then Famous Last Words, they're another metalcore band. I think they're from Michigan. I'm familiar with them, yeah. Yeah, they're actually going to be playing at the uh, Outpost uh, soon. No way. Dude, at the time of recording. Okay. Um, we will have to go. I wish I could. Oh, you got a thing? Well. <laughs> the thing is, you're going to there. There's no other. <laughs> I wish I was going. I pr- I probably won't be able to just because of the whole working thing. Oh, yeah. You're working yeah. a ton. Working two jobs right now to get new gear. To get new gear. Yeah. Talk about that. What's the um the new gear you're working towards? Kemper Profiler. Uh, trying to just get a Kemper rack um, with the controller and all that nonsense. Just so I have something more long term sure. and definitely better quality compared to Line Six Firehawk. Sure. Like I see those things going for like oh, eighty to one hundred twenty bucks right now. I That's got it, mine. Really? I got mine when it was like three hundred. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was right before Helix, though. Explain the thing about uh, powered and non-powered because I knew of that, but I didn't. Oh, like the difference between it. Yeah. So powered is like. You can literally, like with that, for example, take that and run a speaker cable into your out, into your amp, and it works. Non-powered, you're going to need like a power amp to push the sound out. So it's going to have to go into like the power amp, like a power amp is connected to it to push the sound. So going back to the Kemper amps, uh, explain how they make two different ones of that. That's that's bizarre to me that they because I guess complication. <laughs> I I really didn't look that deep into it because okay. I was just like, okay, so there's a non-powered version and a powered version. Heard that I'm going for the powered. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. You might as well. Because if makes... it, if I was doing that, then I would just you know get a helix, you know one of the helix boards, and then just buy like the Seymour Duncan power stage, which is just like a small power amp like for guitar stuff, and just like a little box. You just slap it wherever and you're good to go yeah but i i prefer to go with the kemper just because like i know there's a tone on there i have a tone made on a kemper so i can just like you know grab that off of there and i'm pretty much good to go it's you know same thing i used in the studio i used a kemper for in the yeah, studio i used the kemper rack okay now you guys just came out with well, i guess not just but in april you guys released a single right in april we released a ep a three song ep okay tell me about that 
it goes hard. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. I'll link it. I'll definitely link it on the definitely, website. Definitely. Uh, the Inferno EP. It's just a small, like, three-song EP that we put together um, over the first few months. Uh, most of the material was already written before, like, you know, guitar-wise. Like, one song was completely done um, with, you know, old members. But we... Uh, Started recording that in December and put it out in April of 2022. And yeah, that's awesome. Did you do all the rhythm guitar and all that? Yeah, I did all the guitars except for a guitar solo in the last song, Throw Me the Idol, I'll Throw You the Whip. You did all the guitars? I did all the guitars besides that solo. Now, you mostly play rhythm when you go live, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, the only, there's only like a couple, there's only like a couple lead tracks and, uh, the song Blow the Barrel a Kiss. Okay. Um, That's the one you were showing me before we started, right? When you said they're the harmony part? Yeah. Yeah. That one, um, I had to do all the... I just did all the leads. Like, I think I just sat down in a day down at the studio and just sat in the chair and went for it. Cool. Yeah, sometimes that's just how you got to do it. You just sit down and do it. I was just kind of feeling pressured to just get it done already. Mm-hmm. Like I sat there, I recorded all my rhythms. I did eight rhythm tracks total, four DI and four Kemper. I went. I ended up going with my Kemper tone, yeah. just because it was like a, you know, Mesa dual wreck. You can't go wrong. So who owns the Kemper then? Uh, the guitar player from another band from around here, Dose. Okay. Uh, Jason, he was really nice to like let me use that for yeah recording because you know my gear is not the greatest and i wanted to make sure i could like you know have something passable and something good and we like i stumbled upon that tone and it was just perfection that's awesome yeah but yeah how long did it take you guys to do the whole recording process for those three songs there's a lot of putting things off um, it happens. <laughs> it was Especially after, when you're gigging. Yeah. It was after we played our first show with you guys. Okay. With Four Times Louder at the Karma Cafe in Akron, which is unfortunately closed down. I was going to say, I was going to ask, did you know that closed down? Rip. What a bummer. I mean, you guys got to play their last show there. Yeah. So. There we go. That's where you win. <laughs> Put that on the resume. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> but um, right after we finished that, we were like, all right. We have these three songs that we want to put out. We're, these are our three that we're going to put out. I don't know how we really came to the agreement. I don't remember. Everything's a blur at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we sat down and started recording drums literally the next practice after. And I think we got two songs done. And then it was just pretty much up to guitars. Like, I just kind of did that as time went on, like... The guitars definitely took me a while. You know, I have squirrel brain. Sure. So I'll be, like, doing it, and it's just, like... And then a squirrel walks through the room, and you... No, I I am the squirrel. (laughs) Yeah. I am the squirrel, and my guys will vouch for that. I'll be, like, doing something, and then just one little thing happens. I'll be like, yep, okay, I'm on to the next thing. What? (laughs) But, um, yeah, definitely spent a lot of time with the guitars mostly just because i wanted to be tight and consistent i was just having like some like trouble but like it's once you get into a groove like i could i would sit in that room maybe for like two hours by the time i started tracking like when i started tracking guitars two hours 
Wow. And then just finally, after screwing around for 98% of that time, putting it off and just, like, being, like, I got to get this done, but, like, it's just a lot of, like, pressure. It's a lot of, like, work. Yeah. Um, I would just get into this groove, and once I, like, got into my groove, like, it was smooth from there on. Yeah. And, like, that same thing happened uh, with the last recording session we just did. But, um... So who did you guys record with um, the first time? So that's a whole story. Like, I don't... I guess this could be optional to, like, put it in. I don't know. Like, I'm going to try to, like, think about this without, like, saying too much. <laughs> You're good. We don't have to go over it. I can cut it and we'll go to the oh, next thing. I forget that we're not, like... Oh, it's not like a live broadcasting, oh, so it's so. like you can edit this. Um, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, what were we talking about before that? Recording, so blah, blah, recording blah. the album, yeah. uh, the EP. So we were sharing a practice space with that other band, Dose. Dose yeah. We were sharing a practice space with them, and there was a payment to their bass player at the time to. Record three songs, mixed and mastered, all that through them. And it was put off for a good while. We were having some issues with getting our old drummer in to record uh, the song Inferno. And it was just kind of a very unpleasant process with this person. Mm. Um, a lot of like liberties were being like taken where they shouldn't have been. A lot of things were being like. I like I can understand like you know hey try this try that being in like that producer role but like if I say if the artist kind of like says they don't want to do that or don't want that done to their song or to do a certain thing like you gotta respect that yeah absolutely and it was kind of just like met with like nah just trust me just trust me just trust me it kind of mm. felt like I had minimal say in what I was doing when it came to guitars um but things, you know, kind of started going downhill with that. And she was, she exited the band hmm. and said that. So this was the bass player from Dose. Yeah. So she was doing all your producing, wasn't going well. And then she left that band. Yes. Okay. Uh, and she said that she wanted to do the, uh, the recording with us, but. We kind of didn't want anything to do with that. We just, won't, like, they just wanted the money back. Yeah. But we realized that wasn't going to happen. But I worked with her a lot, you know, with doing some recording stuff with Dose and with our stuff and just in general and learned how to, like, work the equipment to a minimal level. Right. All I knew is I had to have good gain structure. Like, that's what I was going off of was good gain structure and I should be okay. The biggest part that mattered was drums. Yeah. And that's where that gain structure thing came into play, you know, like mic placement and all that. Yeah. Miking drums is a task. <laughs> so I just, I winged it. I put myself into the engineer chair and did everything. Wow. Recording wise. Uh, 
What did you? Everyone. What program did you guys use? Uh, Pro Tools Studio. You did Pro Tools, okay. And we were running through this big old fancy Midas uh, Sienna 480 okay. board. We were doing analog to digital, which was kind of interesting. It was definitely fun to do that, but like at the same time, it's like it was a lot of pressure because yeah. like you have a big attachment, you know, to your own music engineering and producing your own music can be hard when you hear things come out a certain way and you're just like, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I put myself into the role and that's why it took so long to do it. So how, you know, in total, what, like six months or so or December to about March. Okay. Maybe end of February. That's really not that long. Like, but for three songs, maybe. I mean, you know, this was... I mean, there was also the whole... There was things we had to figure out vocally. Yeah. Uh, everything guitar-wise was pretty solid. Except for just having to write that solo. Like, write a solo that's going to be, like, the consistent solo. Yeah. So then, um, you alluded to it uh, before we started, but you guys have a single coming out? Yeah. We have a single coming out at on September 2nd. Made all platforms... YouTube and everything. I'll definitely, I will definitely link that to the site. It should be out by the time this is out. Yeah. Um, uh, and you working with Jake on this one? Yeah, we worked uh, with uh, yeah, Jake. Jake was on a previous episode. Um, he was the bass player for Four Times Louder for a while, but now he's doing producing stuff. How was it working with Jake? You can be honest. He's my buddy. Oh, I hated it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I absolutely, like, it was... I mean, I guess for like, I guess I can only say it's like technically, well, it's not my first experience working with somebody else in the engineering chair because I did do a single with uh, with somebody for my old band, which if you were even thinking about trying to link that, do not even try to find it. I will never tell you where it is. <laughs> okay, I won't. Um, working with Jake was wonderful. Cool. And I would definitely love to again. Like everything was just easy. Yeah. He made things easy. Did he come down with you guys or did you go to his house? He came to us. Okay. He That's brought his awesome. whole set of I didn't know how we were going to do it because <laughs> the old control room where the R board and everything, I, if that was all still set up or whatever, I would have been yeah. like, here you go. I'm throwing you into a little fucking playground for you. Oh, you're good. Oh. For I'm the trying Patreon to, listeners. Oh, I'm, saying, I'm, <laughs> trying to keep, I'm trying to keep it like PG. No, you're good. Not PG-13. That's the only way you get away with one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so this is now a PG-13 podcast for the time being. Until I say it again, then it's rated R. Sorry. Ah, there we go. <laughs> and it's game. Um, it's empty. It's empty. I'll get the other one. I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> He's alluding to his Red Bull, which I don't think I've ever seen him without a Red Bull, or one or two. If you see me without a Red Bull, give me a Red Bull. <laughs> So if you're at if you're at any for absent friends show and if you see me without a Red Bull, even if I'm holding a monster, <laughs> whip that monster out of his hand and get no, a Red no, Bull. No, just go give me a Red Bull <laughs> and I will be eternally grateful and give you the biggest hug ever. But um shit, what were we talking about? Jay came to you. Oh yeah, Jay came to us. I wish I knew like how we were setting up ahead of time because I felt so bad. It was 
seven dudes, seven to eight dudes just cramped in this small little space. We had to just take like we have this little couch that's like off to the side, like yeah, on the wall where he put his stuff. And we just kind of, I just kind of shoved it out of the way. It was a disaster in that place for a weekend. So if we ever do anything with him again, and I hope he hears this before then, <laughs> I'm gonna make your conditions a lot more bearable. <laughs> yeah, when I talked to him, he said he had a great time. I feel so bad too because this dude, I can, I kid you not, sat on a wooden stool oh for hours and then it was like near the end he was like talking about it. he was like oh dude this hurt, this hurt my ass and i'm like here put this pillow under there he was like why didn't i think of that sooner <laughs> yeah but no he he was a trooper he was an absolute trooper on that aspect into the the space and like conditions and like with the overall quality of the product i'm really i'm really happy with how it turned out you know so how long did it take you guys to get that one song down we almost did it in a night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Most of the time, guess where it was spent? Where? Rhythm guitars. Uh, yeah, okay, all right, well. <laughs> I mean, there was just like, you know, a little bit of a trying to figure things out with um, some of the parts, but also, once again, Squirrel Brain had yeah. to get in that groove, and since everybody was in the room with me, everybody's like playing a game on the TV or whatever, and, yeah. um, and or just talking general trash to me. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's you missed a note. You screwed up. Yeah. It's hard to stay focused in this studio. It, it is. Right. You know, I mean, if there's a ton of people in there, there's a lot going on. You know, you're trying to listen to other stuff. You're trying to focus. Remember your parts. It's It, it could be a task. That's for sure. Right. I get it. I've been there. But, like, I think it was after the second, like, on the second track. It's just, like, when it was just go. And if I screwed up, I was just, like, back me up a little bit. I'll punch in. Yeah. You know. uh, Jake used Studio One with you guys, or did he use Pro Tools? Studio One. Studio he One. brought his yeah. whole yeah. rig, computer board, mics, everything. Nice. Yeah, he's he's gotten really good at all that. We the were... tape is all over the floor still. So... <laughs> it's still on the floor for placements. And like I think uh, we actually I kind of introduced him to like uh, working with uh, triggers on drums. Right. We uh, we trigger our kick drum. Mm. Just so that way it's, like, easier to work with, I guess. Yeah. And it's mostly for our ears because having an actual kick drum mic was, like, muffled and, like, really just not doing any good. But triggering it was definitely, like, A1. We tried trigger. We were going to try triggering the snare, too, for recording just a little bit just so you could play around with it. Yeah. See what he could do. But, um, yeah. I've never triggered the snare. If you guys do that, let me know how that goes. I've triggered a snare, and see, the, the great thing about triggering kicks and snares is, um, like, we were we were going to run, like, a mic and a trigger. We did a mic and a trigger on the kick drum. We were going to do the same thing with the snare, but when you hit, if you hit the tom, it was still picking up the trigger somehow for the snare, mm. so we were still getting that snare hit. Yeah. Um, the great thing about triggering is just, like, you have no bleed. It'll only capture that hit, but you also can't get, like, especially on a snare, uh, like, ghost hits and stuff like that. You can't get the, the good nitty-gritty nitty fun stuff. No, that's fair. Uh, while we're on the topic of you guys recording, six members in the band. Yes. How is that when you guys write stuff? How does that, how does, how, what is your writing process like? 
we haven't really figured out like a definitive rating process. Sure. Um, it's more or less usually one of us shows up with a riff and we kind of just work together collectively. You know, a handful of us or all of us. Like somebody shows up with an idea and we just kind of go from there. Yeah. No, that's so. fair. Um, all right. Well, let's let's back up a little bit, get back to the questions. But um, I appreciate you telling me about the recording stuff with Jake and, you know, all that. I'm always interested in that process and all that. Loved it. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. Um, okay. So let's say you get in the car. You're, you're on your way here or whatever. What are you listening to now? What, what's, what's jamming while you're on the way here? My music hasn't really changed it much. All time low. No. It, it goes all time low, then it goes all time low, and then it goes a day to remember, and then it goes all time low, and then wait, wait for it, and then you get like a little bit of like thy art is murder, maybe suicide silence. Okay, all right. We'll I mean, I, I flip around. Like, I mean, lately it's been like a lot of sleeping with sirens, pierce the veil, and um, motionless and white. Okay, yeah, and that's about it. Oh, cool. Maybe I'll throw a dubstep song in there randomly if I'm feeling really, like, moody. Fair. <laughs> the, the way you looked just at me, you are just like, fair. wait, what? It's just, I don't know. I wasn't ready for it. What? Sometimes I get a little... If I get it in my head a little too much, I throw on, like, an old dubstep song from, like, high school, middle school, and clear my mind. Now, do you... Pretty much, I mean, obviously you just said you listen to dubstep, but is it dubstep and metal stuff, or is there a lot of just, other variety? It's just just that kind dubstep. of dubstep. I don't, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> it. It is just... Actually, no, I don't listen to, like, the obnoxious, like, sounds, okay. like, dubstep. I listen to, like, more, like, relaxed. Okay. Like, if people, like, chill step or whatever. Chill step? Yeah, there's actually a... One that I used to listen to a lot uh, when I was in, like, 11th grade, 12th grade. I don't even know. Uh, back when I, like, played Minecraft on my laptop. Um, <laughs> this, like, oriental, like, zen chill step thing. Okay. And it was just great. Just oh, that's great. cool. Yeah, it brings back the nostalgia when you hear that stuff sometimes. That's mainly the reason when I listen to it. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. feeling weird. <laughs> listen to this. Check I'm- myself. And yeah. then it's back to normal. Bring it back to earth for sure. <laughs> but all right, well, what other stuff do you guys have going on for four ups and friends? Um, well, other than that single coming out, we have like, you know, just a couple handfuls of shows. I don't know I know I can say that we are playing September seventeenth at the Vortex in Akron, Ohio. I don't think I can say anything about anything else yet. Did we talk about the Vortex already on here? I don't think so. I don't know. You guys have played there before, right? Yeah. Now, we we started talking about it before. That's why I asked. Yeah. But, um, you said you wanted to save it. Yeah, um, I'm curious. How was it playing there? Because we had a show lined up. It didn't pan out. All right. So, the Vortex, it's a it's a very decent place. Okay. The load-in situation's pretty all right. Um, even with a band... Uh, backlining except their drum kit the headliner backlined besides the drum kit so that way we had the riser like each band had the riser to make space yeah it was definitely like a good sized stage uh you know for six idiots um (laughs) but it's a nice little place like you know you have your bar that's like its own little thing it has like a small like literally like a front porch 
like doorstep stage. Okay. And they do like acoustic. They were doing acoustic acts in there that night at the same time as literally the time slots lined up. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I was kind of. They were having like acoustic metal. going <laughs> while there was like thrash and metalcore going on in the other room. <laughs> I, I was heavily concerned. Huh. Could Was there bleed three? Bleed through, you think? I wouldn't know. I didn't go into the bar area because okay. it's like separated. Okay. Like you have like the one side. Like if you're looking directly at this place, yes. you got the you know to your left, you got the the bar. Sure. And that's where everybody had to go in if they were coming to the show. Like you know, buy a ticket, give a ticket, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um. Then there was the bar in there, a little stage. Like it's like literally like right there off to your right as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you walk to the back and to your right is a door and it's like a little alleyway type deal and they have like a big wooden gate that they left open, you know, for load in and load out, uh, throughout the night. Um, well they closed it at one point, like at the beginning, like when doors open for a little while, then once the first band loaded out, they just left it open. So if anybody just like wandered in, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, but then the uh, the actual like stage and everything like the room very big. Okay. It was it was pretty big. Like it was a very decent size. Like I don't know if you've ever been to the Foundry or played at the Foundry. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's like the Winchester. The Winchester is massive. That's yeah. that's the biggest venue we've played before. Chester is cool. I loved it. Do you play the Vortex again? When I play the Vortex again? Yeah. Well, I mean, you are. I am. <laughs> but. Yes. Okay. 120%. <laughs> um, it's definitely a great venue. The sound guy there. Phenomenal. Loved him. And oh, even, cool. like, you know how, like, between, like, sets they play, like, music or whatever? Mm-hmm. Guy was playing bangers. Like, everything was just good. That's awesome. Like, uh, I think it's this band called Currents. Uh, you played with them. I just found them recently, and I was like, oh, hey, I know I know this song. <laughs> like That's cool. Yeah, it was real good experience. I always like when, you know, you finish a set, or any band finishes a set, and the sound guy puts on the music in between, and it just fits. Yeah. Like, it fits that vibe of, like, oh, that's on, the like, band that just went on, but a little different, and I'm still in that mindset of, like, okay, this is what I just heard. They're on, like, Fit for a King and stuff like that. Wage right. War. Yeah. Any um, of that stuff. It, it just, like, fits after, you know, whatever band goes on. Plus, the setup there is really cool. Like, they had, like, this little, like, offshoot section where we did, like, the merch tables. Cool. Uh, then over in, like, this far back corner. Letting you know now, there's, like, a bunch of, like, benches, like, around, like, on the walls and stuff. You sit on that. You think it's going to be... It looks like it's going to be cushiony. No, you sit on that, and that's a... That, it's a rock. <laughs> it, it is just a piece of wood with some, like, vinyl really? on it. That's like, it? I was so mad. I was like, oh, dude, finally I can sit. Oh, ow, my butt. <laughs> like, I was so upset. But yeah. other than that, it's a really great spot. Like, they have, like, this little, like, bunch of little arcade machines that are just, like, free to play. Mm-hmm. Like, they got, like, Street Fighter, NBA. Oh, cool. Bunch of fun stuff. Uh, but that's where, we like, we were keeping our stuff for that yeah. time being. Stage is definitely good. So, yeah, the green room there. Wasn't supposed to be back there. Totally went back there. Loved it. It was so nice and like it was so, it was dark and like 
like little blue light to it. And it was huh. like so nice back there. They, I kid you not, have whole ass showers. <laughs> what? Yes. Showers. <laughs> okay, we got to play the Vortex. Yeah. We, we have questions I want to take a shower a at a venue, goddammit. <laughs> well, like the Outpost has that bathroom on the stage. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Yeah. You walk into the bathroom and there's this little, like, I don't know, like, dude, what if you really got to go and you're, like, hauling? And, like, that's the bathroom you, like, yeah, and you just are just, like, I got to go all the way around. I got to climb up a step. Like, this is not going to work. I'm Once I lift my leg to go up that step, it's over. Yeah. But, yeah, that place was, when we go there again, I'll see if I can, like, worm my way back there and I'll, like, grab a video and send it yeah. to you, dude. It's Please do. nuts. Oh, that's cool. Huh. All right, well, we're running short on time, so we'll, we'll get a couple more questions for you here, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so what are your personal personal music goals? You know, where do you want to end up music, musically? Take over the world. Okay. Just like everyone else. All right, next question. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to share my music with, every, with as many people as I possibly can. You know, that's the thing about music is, like, even just when you're playing, like, a simple riff you're sharing a part of yourself yeah and as stupid as it might sound like that little riff just could be like so much from it you can get so much that feeling and i just want to share you know a part of me with as many people as i possibly can and maybe it can help somebody or just make somebody's day better yeah. By hearing it. Like when they get in their car after, you know, just working their terrible nine to five job that they hate. They get in their car and turn on their radio or plug in their phone and they, you know, hit that play button and it's one of our songs come on. Like I want that to just be like something that just brightens their day. Like they just sit there and they're like they just forget everything. That's cool. Yeah. It's the dream. That's what everybody wants. That's a good answer, though. I like it. Um, okay, last question. Um, any advice for future musicians? It's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no such thing, realistically, as a bad idea, more or less, when it comes to your music. Throw everything at it. That's one thing I've learned with... Um, the guitar player from Dose. Throw everything at it. Try your best and just give it your all. And you'll definitely... You'll definitely find your spot. Just be ready. Not everybody's going to like it. You're going to be your own worst critic. Some people out there are going to be like, this isn't good. This isn't for me. Well, guess what? So what? Yeah. As long as you're happy, you're happy. Do what makes you happy. Amen. <laughs> I like that. It. Got, that got. I tried getting a little too sappy there. Uh, okay, future advice or advice for future <laughs> musicians. Um, practice, 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 practice. <laughs> Lots of money. Practice, practice, practice. Uh, you're not getting girls. Also, all time low. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yes, yes, all time low. And if somehow, some way, 
somebody could just work work my way into like that circle. <laughs> right. Do it. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're not welcome. <laughs> I really appreciate you having coming on. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Hope you had a good time. Is of course fun. You know, I, I feel like I rambled a little too much. No, you were good. You know, I met you in passing, and I was like, I gotta have you on. You're an interesting dude. Good guy to talk to. Uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to know you a little more. Um. So thank you, all you listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed it as well. If you liked what you heard here, please like, follow, and subscribe. No, I wasn't ready. I was sipping the Red Bull. You're doing your closing again now. (laughs) I could just cut your part out. Sorry, I'll keep it. Go ahead. I got like two more lines, but it's fine. What's up? (laughs) I don't even remember. Oh my god, I'm keeping it. I don't even care. Yeah, keep that whole part. I am. I am. But uh, yeah, please check out our website. Everything we talked about um, will be on there as much as I possibly can put on there. Um, pick up any merch if you're feeling cool to help support what, what I do here. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Don't forget to check out for Absent Friends on everything. Yeah, and all time low. No, no, no. Wait. Yeah.